You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Welcome, Dr. Litsky. We're delighted to have you on this Viva podcast. You've been on previous ones. They've been extremely well accepted, and uh, we've been getting great feedback. So we're really happy to have you on again. It's good to hear. Thank you. So let's get started. My first question is, when speaking with a patient, what tools do you use to communicate with them on treatment, follow-up, aftercare, et cetera? One of, one of the most important things that I use in my practice is photography. It is by far one of the most important things you can use to communicate with a patient. I, I built this practice that I work in now uh, with, with room enough for five dental chairs. My wife and I were planning on working together and building this big practice, but we ended up just being a, a high, high aesthetic practice. And we turned one of what was supposed to be a dental chair treatment room into a photo studio. So my photo studio is just a, a treatment room that I basically converted into a full-time photo studio. And that, I'll tell you, I use that, that room in my office on every single patient. And I, I would, I would implore somebody if they're thinking about building a practice from scratch, taking over a practice, I would say, make room for that photo studio. Just do it. You will absolutely not regret it. It is such a huge invaluable tool for taking pictures and communicating with your patient and being able to set yourself apart. It really is a big, big deal. If you have the room in your practice, I definitely suggest that you do it. So, and I'll utilize that when patients come into my practice. So how do I communicate with them? It's important to begin communicating with a patient by just asking the right questions, just our verbal language when we're speaking with people, uh, that we make sure that we are connecting with them, not just on a, a level of like, why are you here, but more of an emotional level. So when patients come into our practice, they are thinking about anything else but, but the teeth. They're thinking about, you know, how much is it going to cost? Is it going to hurt? But what we really want them to be thinking about is their, their, that emotional decision that they made to actually come into the office. And just a few simple questions. And if that's okay, maybe I could just share a couple of the questions that, that I ask patients like during consultations. Oh, absolutely. Okay? Please do. All right, cool. So one, one of the questions I like to ask patients is, and it seems simple, but when did you first notice this? You know, if somebody has a concern about something, I want to know how long it's been bothering them. So I'll say, when did this first, when did you first notice this? And then once they tell me when they noticed it, the next question usually is, what were you doing when you noticed it? Because when I, when I ask that question, it kind of, it takes them back to the situation that has caused the issue for them. And it, it may have been unpleasant. So um, I asked them how it affected them. You know, how did that make you feel? Or how did that affect you? Because those questions I found are the hardest for us to ask, you know, the feeling questions, you know, it's, right. but what it does is it takes somebody into that part of their brain so they can go back and connect with their reason for even calling the office. Mm-hmm. And, and then I ask them what they've tried. So what have they tried, you know, and has just simply not, not smiling as big been all you tried or have you talked to another dentist? And then how would it feel if we could do something like this for you? You know, and maybe I'll show them a picture of somebody else and, you know, what, what would be different for you if we did this? And, so just a, so, so a few, I mean, I'll ask the same questions on everybody, you know, just right. when it makes sense, you know, I just remember to be asking the right questions. And then I take them back to mm-hmm. my, my mm-hmm. consult room where I have a computer and my Mac is in there and I have a TV on the wall, flat screen TV, and I start putting their pictures up on the walls. And we start looking at their pictures together. And the first picture we look at is the repose or the lipid rest picture. The lipid rest picture is, like I said, an incisal edge position at rest is the first step for treatment planning. And that's the first picture we look at together mm-hmm. to start treatment planning them. 
So, and if people are really surprised by the fact that I do most of my treatment planning from pictures with the patient right in front of me. I don't, uh, I don't do um, the thing where you, you go into a room and the patient wants to improve their smile and the first thing you say is, well, let's take, let's take alginates. <laughs> let's take alginates, right, right, let's right. pour them up right. and then we'll bring you back for the console. Because what, you know, and then you sit down for the consult and you really didn't take any pictures, the right pictures. And so you haven't had anything really to look at to think about how to design their smile. All you've got is models in front of you. Mm-hmm. And so they come in, what do I say to this patient? I have no idea. Right. You know, and so I just, I mean, you know, for me to look at pictures with the patient right in front of me, I mean, what's the difference? I'm looking at the pictures rather than a three-dimensional model of the teeth, you know, that I can see the patient has the wear. I can see the attrition, the abrasion, the erosion. I can see it going on. The patient sees it. It's right in front of them. I say the mm-hmm. system is breaking down. I know you want to improve your smile, but look at—I mean, look at your teeth and look how the way they're wearing. I mean, this isn't this isn't right for you. Right. You know, right. if we're going to improve, we got to improve the system so yeah. that the smile works. Excellent communication tool. Uh, I'm wondering how many dentists out there use this kind of communication with photography versus the the kind of methodology we used and we learned in dental school, which was pour up some alginates. Pour um, up some alginates. Yeah. Take a look. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I have a, so my next question is: We've heard a lot about social media. We continue to you know, experience how this has become such a big part of marketing a business or in this case, the dental practice, how has social media affected your patient communications? You know, I don't mean to, uh, you know, derail our whole conversation to talk about photography, All right. <laughs> but when we start talking about social media, we're talking about photography again, right? right. <laughs> but social media has really affected our, our practice a lot. Um, you know, for, for opening up a scratch practice like we did uh, in uh, 2005, social media wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, we spent a fortune on marketing. Our, our practice management consultant, Dr. Bill Blatchford, who's amazing, uh, he, um, he said you got to spend about 10% of your production on marketing each month. And for us, we said, well, we want to do about 140000 a month. So we're going to spend 14000 a month on our marketing. And uh, that's what we did. You know, it worked out great. And we did glossy magazine ads and we did newspaper ads. We were in the yellow pages and we had the website and, um, and it worked out great. And it was everything that we wanted. But if, when you fast forward to today, we are spending a fraction of that on marketing now. I mean, most of what we do with marketing, we're putting it into our website and into social media mm-hmm. because uh, we, we just we, we build a fan base there. We connect with our patients there. And I, I joke, I jokingly say my patients are my friends, and I mean that in real life. I don't just mean that on Facebook or Instagram, but um, but that's the reality of it. Is that's real. My follow-ups are on Instagram or, or Facebook. Um, I'm they're taking pictures in the, in the studio or I mean in the uh, dental office, and they're posting that on Instagram and Facebook. And we ask for permission to be able to post their pictures on Facebook or Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. So did you have to, did you uh, learn all about social media on your own, or did you hire someone? a third party to come into your practice to educate you and your staff on how to, how to use all these tools or is this because you're still such a young guy it was such, it was such a simple thing for you. It was, I want to say it's a really simple thing for me because I, although I, I don't think I was like the quickest uh, adopter to, to <laughs> social media. Yeah. But you know, just, I just kind of figured it out okay. and um, you know, there's, there's probably people in your practice who are better at social media than you are. Right. <laughs> you may have some, some, even some younger people who work in the office who are all over Instagram or Snapchat and, and who can offer some great advice for connecting with clients through there. But um, you, you get patience through Facebook and social media. I mean, you, you post what you do. You post your before and afters. You post the, the team, the fun that you're having in your practice, and, 
and they'll, they'll come to you through social media without so, a doubt. They do. Do, do you do, do you upkeep your um, social media like at lunch break or after work, or, or do you just do it on the weekends or just so our listeners can get an idea of when you put the time into maintaining it? It is something that definitely requires thought. You know, you can pre-plan it out on the weekend, you know, what, what things you want to do. Uh, you can have discussions with your team in the morning meeting. You know, one, one discussion that you can have in the morning meeting is uh, Gary Takis actually said this uh, a couple weekends ago. I heard him say this. He said, you know, everybody asks for Google reviews. But he says, do you, you need to have a Google account to get a Google review. So in your morning meeting, why don't you look at your at your patient base who's coming in that day, find out who has a Gmail account and ask them for a Google review. That way you got a good chance that they're going to actually do a Google review. So just like little things like that, like being conscious of it. Mm-hmm. Simple things like when people do a compliment, say, that's great. Thank you. Would you mind making a review on our Facebook page? Little okay. things like that. So, yeah, so you don't really have you don't have like a set social media playbook in your office. It's just kind of like you. You just keep when things come up that are interesting or something you find an interesting case or success case or um, then then you use social media to promote it and that kind of thing. It's not really something that's a set set plan like so many things it's are. It's not a set plan. Okay. Yeah, I did that before, man. I created a spreadsheet for what, who's going to post what on what day. Yeah. And without constant uh, going back to it, we fell off of it. To be oh, honest okay. with you. Okay. I wanted it to be something that we maintained. We did it for a little while and we kind of fell off it. Uh, so right now I'm kind of doing what's on my tray, you know, thing in the morning where, you know, this morning we did a full mouth and so um, took pictures of what was on the tray, mm-hmm. you know, that that kind of thing. Just kind of keep us, you know, you, you know, what's funny is my wife, my wife mentioned this to me, my wife, Colleen, she's, she's a lot on social media. If you know her name's Colleen Olitsky. Um, she, she has a big following and she says this. she says the dentists who post all the time, their before and after cases, they look better than you. They look like they do it more. And if so a patient has to choose who they're going to go to, they're going to go to the dentist who, who's posting more before and afters. Mm-hmm. And, honey, you do so many cases in your office, but but it doesn't look like you do. Right. You know, it's important to keep posting. And so I'd say, you know, you're right. You know, if we're doing it, we should certainly post it. So we want to do more of it. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's an excellent point. And that's exactly how the, the viewers of social media perceive it. So my last question before we wrap up this podcast is, um, what has been the most valuable resource for you in obtaining new patients? Historically, my office website, definitely the website. Fif- over 50% of my new patients are coming in from my website. My initial website cost me, uh, man, I don't know, like probably twelve, fourteen thousand dollars $14,000, something like that. It was done quite a while ago. We're currently revamping it, mm-hmm. but that is like the smallest. I, I mean, when you think about a return on investment, you know, doctors don't want to spend a lot on their website. You know, they want to make it themselves or they want to get a good deal. Give me a break. Oh, my gosh. That same website we've had for <laughs> over 10 years. Oh, my. And I could have spent I could have spent 10 times that much on my website. and It still would have been my best return on investment. Wow. I mean, spend, spend the money on doing a great website, because I'll tell you, a website to me is like window shopping for people. Right. All right. When you go, when you go looking, when you go clothes shopping, just so say for example, you go clothes shopping. If you walk by a window front of a store and you look in the store, and they don't have the kind of clothes you like, you're not going in. And and people, patients don't do that with dental offices. They don't go window shopping. If a patient came into your office or a potential patient came into your office and started walking around, 
and the person at the front desk said, how may I help you? And the person actually said, just browsing. That would be crazy, right? I mean, right. it just doesn't happen. <laughs> but they are browsing. They're doing it on your website. So it's like your storefront. So they open up your web page and they look in. And it's like, oh, this, they didn't spend any money on their website. You know, the dentistry can't be good, you know, kind of thing. That's not what I'm looking for. So the website has to be a really good reflection of your office. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, this is what they're going to get when they walk in. So there's no disconnect. Yeah. That, so nice website, nice that, office. Yeah, that is so true. So uh, did you hire somebody locally in Florida where your practice is, or did you use some other type of company? I, I used another type of company. Okay. I used another type of company, somebody who was actually uh, big into doing videos for the web for the web back then, which was pretty novel. Okay. And so we did a lot of videos and incorporated those into our website. The, the website that we have now, smilestylist.com. And so you can you land on our smilestylist.com website, and you'll see there's a lot of videos running. And so there's a lot of information on our website. So, But we're currently transitioning that into a more mobile-friendly website. It's just taken forever, but it's yeah. worth it. Yeah, no, it does. It's so it. you, you maintain the website through this company, um, or do you have someone in your office that's that's in charge of that? It, it's CMS, Content Management System. Okay, I this, see. The current one, we're switching over to WordPress. So uh, the management is simply updating it, and, and I handle most of the updates myself. Excellent, excellent. Well, I, this just, is, I write a page or do a blog or add a picture. Yeah, it's it's so important uh, for dentists to understand the, the, the significance of how a patient perceives your practice by the web. And a lot, like you said, Dr. Olitsky, a lot of dentists neglect their website um, and it hurts them for sure. So this, absolutely. yeah, this has been great information. Well, absolutely. it's been absolutely a pleasure having you on this podcast. Uh, you've done several others with us that have done phenomenally well as far as listeners. We hope to have you on more of them. And again, thank you so much for your time, Dr. Litsky, and uh, we wish you well. Thank you, Phil.